Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 768. One guy shook his hand and said, Ed Hugus, now let me see. He says, you're the guy that raced a Cobra, the first guy to race a Cobra at Le Mans in 1963. My God, what was it like driving a Cobra at 160 miles an hour down the Musselin Strait? And all Ed could say is, it was okay. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Bob Walker. Hey, Bob, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right. Ready to drop the hammer. Bob Walker is the author of a new book titled Cobra Pilot, The Ed Hugus Story. Bob, a Cobra owner who lives in Pebble Beach, California, was competing at the Monterey Historic Races when he met James Edward, or Ed, Hugus, a racing driver and car dealer who helped Carol Shelby develop the first Cobra. Bob and Ed became great friends, and during that time, he told Bob, about his experiences with Carroll Shelby and the part he played in the beginning of the Cobra's history. Sadly, Ed Hugus passed away back in 2006, but his story lives on through the book that he wrote and tells us the story from a different perspective. Ned Scudder is credited with the preface, and past Cars yeah guest Peter Brock wrote the foreword for this book. It's a fantastic book in hardcover, 304 pages, and is published by the friends at Dalton Watson Fine Books. And I'll tell our listeners, one lucky Cars Yeah subscriber is going to get a chance to win a copy of this book. Compliments of Bob and the publishers. And if you want to be eligible, you got to go to CarsYeah.com. Click on the free book button. I'll send you my free filler-up book. Your name will be in the hat, and I will draw a winner. So uh make sure you subscribe, because this is a very, very cool book. I've got my own copy, and you can't have that one. There's going to be another one sent to you. So, Bob, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your history, your careers, and your racing, and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Sure. Um, I originally grew up in Hayward, California, went to school in Hayward, uh, got a BA degree from San Jose State in 1965, took two more years, got a master's degree at Chico State College in Chico, California, began a teaching career that spanned approximately 20 years, uh, taught journalism, taught industrial arts, vocational welding on the junior college level, just really had a great time, uh, retired about uh, 20 years ago. My wife and I then went into the furniture business, uh, had a background in building furniture. So we opened up a couple of retail furniture stores, full galleries, did that for about 15 years, sold the business, retired to Pebble Beach uh, just about uh, right before 2000. Cool. So retirement for you was just a next step into another career. I like that when I hear people say, I retired and then started a company. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I just don't have enough hours in the day in retirement to do everything I really need to do. Um, I was into vintage racing for about uh, between 15 and 20 years. Uh, stopped doing that about six or seven years ago. Still heavily involved in uh, sports car racing. Uh, live near the track at Laguna Seca. Just love 
fabricating uh, race car parts and restoring sports cars. You're living a very nice, fine, fun life. All that hard work has come to fruition for you. And you're in one of the most beautiful parts of the world, of course, Pebble Beach, and have that racetrack right in your backyard, even more special. Now I know who's door to knock in during car week. Hey, Bob, I'm here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> That'd be fine. Stop by and say hello. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning or smoking in this case, since we're talking about Cobras here on Cars. Yeah. So, Bob, take the wheel. Well, you know, um, I've always been interested in sports cars and for many years just fascinated with Ferraris. And uh, about 20 years ago, Kind of uh, lost a little bit of interest, and uh, my interest in Cobras just absolutely peaked. And uh, I started a long-term restoration project on a 1963 Cobra that had been totaled. And basically from that, the uh, the book was written. My involvement with uh, Ed Hugus and uh, having him as a neighbor and a close friend kind of uh, brought everything together. And lo and behold, I heard this wonderful story from Ed Hugus on his involvement with racing at Le Mans for 10 years in a row and his involvement with Carol Shelby in uh, getting the uh, first Cobras built. It was just a, a fascinating story. So at this point, I think, you know, the thing that I would emphasize to people is if you really, really have something that's of a really, really big interest to you, Pursue it, don't give up, and just keep plugging away. And that's basically how the book got published. Well, you answered that next question, and that is how you applied that quote to this book. So how fortuitous to run into Ed, have a passion for Cobras, and then this whole story starts to come together with a guy who was there doing it from his perspective. Because we've all heard Carol Shelby's perspective, and sometimes his perspective is way out there. Sometimes it's in different places. I spent a wonderful evening with Peter Brock one night at his house. He was telling me Carol Shelby stories. So we've all heard those. But Ed comes from a different place. So tell us uh, what instigated your goal with this book. And I'll remind our listeners, Cobra Pilot, the Ed Hugus story, take us to a point in time where you decided, you know what, Ed, I've got to tell this story. When I first met Ed, he arrived at my house we had an appointment set up. I wasn't even sure that it was really Ed Hugus. Uh, he had been a hero of mine for many years. Couldn't believe that the guy was still alive and would actually call me on the telephone to talk to me. I just, I was just blown away. And when Ed arrived, I was just a little bit leery. You know, was this really the Ed Hugus that I had read about for many years? He drove up in a Chrysler PT Cruiser, got out of the car. And I shook his hand and he says, you possibly have never heard of me, but my name is Ed Hugus. And I said, Ed, you have been a hero of mine for many years. He paused and he said, I don't know how to respond to that. He was just overwhelmed that anybody would think he would be a hero. Oh, wow. From that point on, uh, we became great friends. We would see each other at least weekly go to dinner, go to lunch, talk on the phone, go to the races, do something together. And uh, hearing all these stories about Ed, the first thing that came to my mind is this information that Ed has is quite a bit different than the Cobra information you read about in all the textbooks. Right. Um, everyone who's ever written a book on Cobras has their own slant on how the Cobra was created and uh, what Carol Shelby's role was. Very few people ever mentioned Ed Hugus. 
And he's always been hidden in the shadows of Carol Shelby. Yeah. Now, I understand Ed was uh, somewhat of a soft-spoken man, a very humble person. And maybe that added to the fact that he was kind of, I wouldn't say pushed to the background, but that's where he kind of ended up when you look at history. Absolutely. Ed was very uh, uh, shy, not to the point that, that he was uh, uh, unable to talk to people, but he, he wasn't pushy at all. And uh, a good example, I took him to uh, Laguna Seca one day for a vintage race and introduced him to uh, several of my friends who were racing. And uh, one guy shook his hand and said, Ed Hugus, now let me see. He says, you're the guy that raced a Cobra, the first guy to race a Cobra at Le Mans in 1963. My God, what was it like driving a Cobra at 160 miles an hour down the Musselin Strait? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all Ed could say is, it was okay. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> wow. He seemed like such a special, genuine person. And I think that's the great thing that you chose to write a story about Ed, because these are some of the unsung heroes in the background. When you have a larger-than-life boss, Carol Shelby, come on, how much bigger can a, a boss get in so many ways? So I'm so glad you brought us this story. What I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about some of the big challenges you faced in writing this book. First and foremost, is this your first book? It is. I had written a few magazine articles in the past, but this was a first book attempt. Wow. Well, our listeners know yesterday's guest was Don Nunley, who wrote a wonderful book about Steve McQueen and the movie Lamar. That was his first book, too. So this is a unique week here on Cars, yeah? I've had dozens and dozens of authors who've written lots of books. So now I've got two guys that their first attempts are big, heavy books. I mean, this thing is four pounds. It's huge. It's beautiful. It's full of spectacular photographs. It's got history. It's got notes, original notes, original pictures. It's so complex. So tell us what were or maybe one of your biggest challenges you tackled this project. What was that? Well, probably trying to... Uh figure out exactly what the slant would be of the book. I knew it would be about Ed Hugus and primarily about Cobras, but Ed was into so many things. He had raced Porsches, he had raced Ferraris, he had raced uh, multiple marks at uh, Le Mans 10 years in a row. It's like, where do you start and where do you, where do you end? It, it was a difficult decision. Uh, when I originally started writing, I was uh, really not into computers. And uh, virtually the entire book was written on uh, 50 yellow line tablets. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and at one point I decided, you know, this just isn't going to work this way. Everything has to be put onto a computer program. So that was a major issue for me, learning how to use a computer and uh, making all the mistakes uh, that, that people seem to make. I think I made them all. I got to the point where... I wasn't really sure the book would ever be published. I did it for my own enjoyment. I was hoping that someday somebody would realize how important Ed Hugus' story is, not just to the beginnings of the Cobra, but to sports car racing uh, through the 50s and 60s in general. And uh, about the time I was uh, finishing the book, I decided that maybe it's going to take a little while to find a publisher. So the next step is, how do you get a book published? A friend suggested three publishing firms. Dalton Watson was the one that I ended up going with, and uh, uh, just a great company. Yes. But uh, I sent out um, 
three letters with sample chapters. Uh, all three were interested. One didn't think there'd be enough money in it. Uh, Glenn Morris with Dalton Watson was a tremendous help. I had waited about two weeks to hear back from Dalton Watson, no reply. And uh, one morning, very early, I opened up the computer, went on uh, my uh, emails, and here's a message from Glenn Morris. And he said, just returned from a two-week trip, opened up your package, read your letter. I'm interested in your book. Uh, perhaps we could meet in a couple of weeks and discuss it. The next email was timed 20 minutes later. It was Glenn Morris again. He said, I've just read your packet complete. Can we meet tomorrow at your house? Oh, wow. Okay, cool. So I was just blown away. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a neat guy. And sure enough, he uh, flew here from Chicago, from Illinois, and uh, we met. And uh, he took a look at the original uh, Hugo's photographs that uh, I had from Ed. Documentation, uh, all types of uh, different uh, recorded material that had saved over the years. He could see that this would be of interest to readers. So that's basically how it happened. Wow. Well, Glenn's a great guy. I have a nice relationship with uh, Dalton Watson, fine book publishers, because they've sent me a lot of authors. We do a lot of book giveaways of their books, and they produce some of the most beautiful car books. I mean, they really know what they're doing. So for you to land your first book with a publisher of that stature, you had your ducks in a row because they don't take on anything. So uh, what a nice marriage of things. Fantastic story. Really cool. And what the takeaway for me is what you said earlier, if you have a wish to do something, just go out there and start doing it, right? Absolutely. You know, you have to have passion. It's hard to uh, to work on a project like that without a great deal of passion. And working with uh, passion is, is really the motivation to get through a project like that. I, I would look for, forward to that every single morning. Uh, usually I would get up uh, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning and work for a couple of hours when the house was nice and quiet. And uh, I just enjoyed it tremendously. It was almost a little bit of a letdown when the project was over. Enjoyed it. Then. You can look forward to the next one then. So that's how we get over that. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to hear what I call an aha moment in this project. It's one of those times when the headlights come on and kind of illuminate them both saying straight for you. So you know where to go. You know where the corner's coming. So take us to your aha moment with this book project. Well, I think... Uh Probably the moment that caught my attention was when Ed and I would discuss things that uh, related to his Cobra involvement. And I was hearing a story from Ed that wasn't reflected even in the Shelby American uh, Automobile Club uh, registry of Cobras. And uh, I was just blown away. And I would ask specific questions. Uh, and Ed, Ed had some information that needed to be told. It was just absolutely critical. And at that point, I knew that even if I didn't do a book, it was just critical that I was to get this information documented with photographs and other documents to the Shelby American Club. Right. Yeah. And well, to get it from his lips uh, before we lost him, too, because all of that would have evaporated at some point if you would not grabbed all that information and compiled it into one place. So kudos to you for doing that. The fact that you got to have lunch with your a hero and then you became friends and then a book. I mean, the whole story is so fascinating and wonderful for me that you just never know when you reach out to people, right? 
Absolutely. So reach out to people, even your heroes. You never know where that journey may take you. Well, what makes this book so special for you and why are you so proud of the final publication? Uh, Probably because the world can now understand uh, what the real story was with the uh, creation of the Shelby Cobra, the role that Ed Hugas played. And people who have never heard of Ed Hugas can now realize that this man was responsible for actually getting uh, the Ford Motor Company and Carroll Shelby together. Without Ed Hugas, the Cobra Project may have died a, a sudden death. Oh, my gosh. I mean, just stop and think about that for a moment. It's almost unbelievable because of the impact that the Cobras had on the motorsports world, the enthusiast world, and then the replica kit world where there's all these cars being built and the collector world. The fact that it could have come that close is really outstanding. Oh, absolutely. One of the things that people have been told for years is that the Cobra was a smashing success from the day it was created. In reality, it wasn't true. Ed Hugas actually uh, completed six of the first seven Cobras that were put together, and he had a devil of a time trying to sell them. Wow. Without Ford's involvement, without a publicity campaign, he couldn't give those cars away. They were virtually hot rods, English hot rods with a Ford motor. Nobody was interested. Wow. It it was just amazing. There's also a little quote in the book that I got from... uh, Augie Pabst. And uh, when the first Cobra CSX 2000 was built and Shelby put it together uh, at his first shop in uh, Southern California, Augie Pabst stopped by and uh, Carol Shelby showed him the car and said, take it for a ride. Pabst came back, gave Shelby the keys and said, it'll never sell. Oh, ouch. Huge disappointment. So that, that's kind of the, the early response. And uh, the, the Ford that we know today as being a classic, uh, being an icon, was slow in coming. Slow in coming, yeah. And what's another cool thing about this book is in the back, there's a registry of all the CSX, all the chassis numbers, all the history going all the way back. You can read all this. And I love the use of the, the uh, original documents that are photographed and placed into the book in the back. I mean, it just adds a sense of vintageness and authenticity in the way that the uh, designers put this whole thing together. So kudos to the entire team, because I know as an author, you're not alone. There's a lot of people that are helping you kind of make this whole thing come to fruition. Very, very nice. Now, I alluded to the fact that maybe there might be another book in the future. Do you think you might try to tackle something like this again? Yeah, I've already started uh, uh, several projects. Uh, The one that I'm probably most uh, adamant about at this time is the early 260 Cobras, the uh, early cars with uh, uh, chassis numbers below 2100, uh, in particular the ones that had the little 260 Ford motor. Carroll Shelby built uh, most of them. Ed Hugas was involved in building uh, several of those cars as well. Uh, documentation, early um, advertising uh, through European cars, which was uh, one of Ed Hugas's sports car dealerships in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, a lot of the uh, documentation from those early cars Most people don't realize that there's anything except a 289 Cobra or a 427 Cobra. Right, yeah. And uh, there is a big difference. Uh, The early cars um, had a few chassis tweaks that uh, 
were different than the later 289s and, of course, the 427 Cobras. Yeah. So that, that's kind of the direction I'm going right now. I have a lot of good information and uh, I've already started. Wow. Awesome. Congratulations. That's so cool. Was there anything about this book that you would have done a little differently? You know, um, I thought about that question a great deal. And um, the uh, publisher wanted, Dalton Watson wanted to have um, everything to do with Ed Hugus in one book. I think if I had it to do over again, I would have liked to have kept the book almost entirely on Cobras and then done a separate book with a lot more detail, a lot more research, a lot more photos and documents about Ed Hugus's racing career. Literally uh, two to 300 races that he was involved in. Wow. And it was kind of like condensing the history of America into a couple of paragraphs. It's just a difficult thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. That's the other thing. As I went through the book, you have pictures of all the different kinds of cars and marks that he drove, Ferraris and all sorts of different things. So uh, what a prolific racer that gentleman was. Oh, my gosh. It's absolutely fabulous. So, well, is there an author that you like? Do you have a favorite author that uh, you kind of refer back to or that interests you that might have helped inspire you with this book? Yeah, I, I like uh, authors that uh, authors who would actually inspire you're wanting to read their works because of their descriptions and uh, not necessarily in the automotive field, but uh, Jack O'Connor used to be the uh, gun editor for Outdoor Life was always a hero of mine as well. I loved his books. I loved the descriptions that uh, he would generate in print. You could read a paragraph and you could smell the bacon cooking over <laughs> a mountain fire on a hunting trip. It yeah. was just that kind of uh, description. So he was probably one of my favorites. Uh, Mark Twain, very interesting uh, gentleman to uh, to read his works. Uh, very entertaining. Uh, always, always loved his works uh, in particular. Golly, there's just quite a few, but. Uh, I think of all, uh, Jack O'Connor was probably my favorite author. Yeah, it's wonderful when uh, writers paint with words because some of them know how to do it so well. I loved your analogy of smelling the bacon over the open fire out in the countryside. So, <laughs> oh, I'm getting—I haven't had lunch today. I'm getting hungry here. Well, Bob, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark it Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? 
Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Bob, we're back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best book writing advice you ever received? Oh boy, that's a tough one. Probably write the way you would want to read a sentence. Mm. And that, that sounds so simple. But it's very complex. Yes. There's many ways to write a sentence. And yet, if you want your reader to really comprehend what you've done, you have to make it simple. You have to make it complete. And it's quite an art. And it takes years to develop. You know, who comes to mind when you mention that is Hemingway. Because you think about the way Hemingway wrote. And it it was like he would write a sentence and then take everything out. And only leave the bare bones, but it still worked. And it's the opposite of the way I think about writing is you want to be eloquent and put all this information down. But no, he liked to strip it out. There's even an app, a Hemingway app you can find where you can put your sentence into the app and it will change it to the way Hemingway would have said what you just said. It's very interesting what it takes out and and look at that. So uh, yeah, check that out if you ever get a chance. It's kind of fun, that's for sure. Can you share one of your personal habits you believe helped contribute to your ability to complete this project? Yeah, I, I've already mentioned it, and that's getting up at uh, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning and having the house quiet. I can work on the computer. I can collect my thoughts, uh, do research. And uh, if it wasn't for that, I'd probably still be working on the script for the book. It's nice to have quiet. I, I have to work in quiet as well. I can never go to the library when I was in college or school and get anything done. There's just too many distractions for me. So now we the answer to this next question is kind of obvious, but there may be some other things. The kind of resources that you accessed in writing is obviously Ed Hugas was your key resource. Were there some other resources you had to go out there and investigate to make sure things were accurate? Oh, Absolutely. Uh, probably the uh, foremost resource book for Cobras is the Shelby American Automobile Club uh, Registry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would like to do a lot of fact checking with the registry. Uh, Ned Scudder's done a fabulous job with it uh, when it pertains to the Cobras. But there were so many things that didn't quite line up with the printed information in the registry. I would check virtually every Cobra book ever written. I think I've read them all or have them all. Mm -hmm. 
basically, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, occasionally, I'd grab one of the books that mentioned something about Ed Hugus and his association with cobras, uh, take it over to Ed's house and sit down and read him a couple of passages. And he would laugh and just think that was the funniest thing he ever read. <laughs> had no idea where that information came from. One good example was uh, many of the books indicate that uh, Carol Shelby met Ed Hugus at the New York Auto Show in 1962, and that led to their association. Hugus and Shelby had known each other since 1952. Oh, my gosh. Raced together. They talked about building a sports car special um, as early as 1959. So uh, Ed would hear some of those details and uh, just thought it was hilarious. So it uh, took a lot of fact-checking, and uh, hopefully we can set a lot of that uh, misinformation straight. Absolutely. Well, those fish stories always get bigger as the years go by, that's for sure. That is very cool, especially to hear it from Ed's mouth. Now, the book is available right now, correct? It is. It was uh, published uh, mid-February. People can purchase the uh, book on my website, which is cobrapilote.com. And uh, I pay for the postage and ship the books out, and um, they can get an autographed copy if they order on that website. Ooh, that's the way to do it, is to get an autographed copy. And what I'll do is I'll post a link to Bob's website on the show notes page. And I've been saying the title wrong. I know I should have been saying pilote. Cobra Pelote, because it's spelled P-I-L-O-T-E. But again, the book is Cobra Pelote, The Ed Hugus Story. And I'll make sure that link to uh, Bob's website is there so you can go get a signed copy, because that's the way you want to do it. All right, we're up to the checkered flag. And if there's one singular message that you'd like our readers to get from enjoying this book that you've produced, what would that message be? Oh, boy. Uh, Let me think about this for a minute, Mark. Take your time. I think the message would be, here's a man, Ed Hugus, who was probably one of the best amateur racers of his time. He achieved some marvelous things, and uh, his his name and his achievements are very, very uh, worthy of being remembered. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I realize after having spoken with you, and I had the luxury of spending a little time talking to Bob the other day before we did this show. A lot of my guests call in. I've never talked to them, but we had a nice conversation. I know why you guys got along now, because Bob is a very humble man as well. And when we first talked, his concern was, I don't want to talk about me. This is about Ed. Don't ask me about me. Ask me about Ed. He's the star here. He's the one that needs all the credit. So I know now why you guys were uh, two peas in a pod or two uh, pilots, pilotes in a cobra. For sure, because you both are very much that way. But a lot of credit really goes to you, Bob, because this is absolutely spectacular for a first attempt. I mentioned Don Nunley, his first book. And then this week at Carja, I had uh, Faith Granger on the show on Tuesday. It was her first movie. She produced a movie, uh, Deuce of Spades. And so all these firsts this week here on Carja, people that have wrapped their passion into going out there and doing something, that's what Carja is all about. Well, Bob, you've taken us on an awesome ride around the track today. I knew you would. I've really enjoyed listening to you, getting to know you better, and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey and that story of Ed Hugas here with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one little parting piece of guidance before you rip off down the racetrack in that Cobra? Maybe it's a bit of guidance for the person out there who hasn't quite stepped into what they want to do yet. 
again, just follow your passion. It's work for me and, and I enjoy it. It's, uh, it. it's really the ultimate thing you can achieve. Whatever you're passionate about, pursue it. Absolutely. And surround yourself with really strong people because that's what Bob did here with the fine people at Dalton Watson Publishers. Obviously, Ed, a key integral part of this book that he became friends with. Uh, so sad that we lost him so uh, so early in his life. I know he'd been around for a long time, but we'd still love to have him around. But you know what? You've immortalized him here in many, many ways. He is still with us in this book. And what's the best way, again, for our listeners to get a copy of Cobra Pelote, the Ed Hugas story? Uh, just uh, Google in uh, CobraPilote.com, and my website will come up, and uh, the book can be purchased that way. Uh, the book can also be purchased through uh, Dalton Watson Direct, through their website. And uh, when you mention the wonderful people at Dalton Watson, uh, this whole project could not have been accomplished if it wasn't for uh, uh, Gene Morris and Glenn Morris and uh, Jody and Cara and the people that actually put everything together. They did a fabulous job. You had an insane pit crew there working with you on this big, fantastic race that you produced. So, uh yeah, they are great people. I love working with them. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Bob has been so kind to share on his show notes page. Just type Bob Walker into the search bar. That page will pop up with links to everything. I would encourage you to order from him because you can get a signed book. And one lucky Cars Yes subscriber is going to receive a copy of this book. Compliments of Bob and the publishers at Dalton Watson Fine Books. So go to the Cars Yeah website. Click on the free filler up book. I'll send you my free filler up book, an ebook. It has some cool pictures of gas filler caps, including a Cobra on the cover, by the way. So that's a nice fit into what we're talking about today. Bob, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Car Show listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. It, it was a lot of fun, and I hope the readers uh, will purchase the book and get a great deal of enjoyment out of it. I have no doubt. And again, I've got my copy, so you can't borrow it, but you can go get a copy and uh, sign up, and maybe you'll be the lucky winner. So thank you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!